When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about getting out of your head. And uh, you're actually going to see how overthinking and, uh, and being too much in your head may actually be one of the worst things that you are doing. So with that, let's cue the episode and get started. Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career, and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology, because we can. So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. All right, so we are at the beginning of a new year, which I always think is a good time for us to kind of stop and reflect, think about, you know, kind of how the last year went, be grateful for that but really kind of decide and uh, choose how we are going to do the new year differently, okay? And so let me just share with you a few things that I have planned here in uh, on the podcast. Um, and one of those is, you know, the, the more that I've been coaching and helping people now for years, uh, the more I have found that a lot of the things we think we need may not actually be the things that we need, okay? And so I'm going to focus more on some of the root causes of some of the challenges that we have. Now, some of these challenges may be in our career, but also some of them may be in our personal life as well. And so why am I doing this? Because I want to help you, okay? And again, there's lots of people out there, you know, telling you, oh, if you do X, Y, Z, everything is going to be just fine. Uh, but the older I get, the more I actually realize a lot of that is just BS, okay? So what I'm going to start doing is, especially on these solo episodes, they're going to take much more of a bent on me helping to explain uh, some things and give you some hacks or tips. So I'll probably use those two different words going forward. So we'll talk about a topic, um, but I'll also give you some actionable things that you can start doing differently, okay? Because if you want different results, you have to do things different, okay? <laughs> that's, just the, that's just the facts. If you continue to do things the way you've been doing them, you will continue to get the same results. 
Now, some of those results I'm sure are great, uh, but if you're like me and like most people, you'd probably like your life to be a little bit better. You'd like your career to be a little bit better. And sometimes we get stuck and we don't know how to do that, okay? So that's what we're gonna be talking about more and more. And so you'll see that I'm gonna start sharing with you more of these hacks and tips. Now you'll get little ones each, you know, during the podcast, um, you know, but really if you, if you really wanna dig in and get these deeper, this is something that I go really in depth in in the briefing leadership program. And so again, you know, just be looking for that. If, if, if the podcast is helping you and, uh, and you'd like more of this at a deeper level and actually be able to have the direct interaction with me, then the Briefing Leadership Program is probably where you want to go as well as the podcast. Okay, so let's get into today, okay? And again, it's just me talking to you. Uh, you know, wherever you happen to be, if maybe if you're in the gym, uh, you know, if you're if you're listening, taking a break, listening to it, maybe if you're still driving and going to work, uh, you know, in the remote environment, maybe you're listening there. And so I just want to talk to you today. And the reason, you know, in the intro, I told you that overthinking and staying stuck in your head may actually be one of the worst things that you're doing. And so let me talk a little bit more about that, because today I kind of want to go through two of the reasons why that can be such a problem for us when we stay in our head. OK, now, the first thing is, you know, I, I want to share with you, um, you know, I'm on a learning and growth pattern just like you are. And so as part of that, I belong to some different coaching programs where I'm actually learning and I'm actually receiving coaching myself. And in one of the programs that I'm in, it's really, it's about, you know, how to, uh, you know, create better habits and actually get out of our head to be able to use our intuition more and, and really tap into uh, what a lot of people call peak performance. So being able to perform at a very, very high level. Uh, those kind of things that usually are only taught to professional athletes, uh, millionaire business owners, people like that. And in, in this one program, you know, there's kind of this saying of, of you know, <laughs> people will be asking for coaching because we, we do calls, uh, you know, during the month. And a lot of people will start off prefacing something like, I know I'm probably overthinking this, okay? And almost everybody says that. And I, I say that to myself too. I'm probably overthinking this. And almost, you know, 99% of the time, the answer is, yep, you're overthinking it. You're making it more difficult than it needs to be. And, you know, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm in the same way as I'm sure probably you are. You've been taught to be analytical you, your personality maybe is one where you're more of a thinker and you like to take your time uh, to go through and make decisions as an example, okay? Now, the first one that I wanna talk about today, the first problem with that and getting is staying in your head is that you are slow to make decisions, okay? It slows down your decision-making. 
And especially in today's environment, that can be a, a really big challenge. And so let me let me just share a couple with you. Um, I was I was having some conversations back and forth with somebody, uh, you know, who was looking at uh, at joining or doing one of the thing one of the programs that I'm doing, and uh, you know, kind of gave him a deadline, you know, of hey, we you know need to kind of know by the end of the week. And he pushed back and said, oh, you know, one week is not enough time for me to make a decision. And I'm like, really? You know, you're, you're an executive and it's going to take you more than a week to be able to make a decision about something. And so again, you know, the question back was, well, how much time do you need to make an informed decision? And the answer was two weeks, two weeks, right? I was giving him one week to make a decision, which again is a lot of time. One week to make a decision is a long time, but he felt like he needed two weeks to make a decision. So let's talk about that for a minute, right? Here you have somebody who is an executive leading a team and imagine what that department would be like or is like if, it, if that executive requires two weeks to, to make a decision, things are going to go very, very slow, okay? And, and as I said, you know, the reason for that, again, is if you think you have to overanalyze and you've got to think about it and you've got to wait and you've got to marinate on it, then effectively what you're doing is you're procrastinating making a decision. Uh, because honestly, and I've talked about this a little bit before, we won't get as much into it today, but 95% of your decisions are brain-based habit. They, they are, they're based on, on your habit and on your emotions and actually have absolutely nothing to do with the analysis. 95% of the decisions you make have nothing to do with the analysis. We, we tend to, through, again, psychology and cognitive biases, we end up creating or looking to the data to support the emotional decision that we're already going to make, okay? And so again, but if you feel like you have to get in your head, you have to overanalyze it, create, you know, pros and cons lists, and then, you know, look at it and put it aside and come back to it later, you're slowing down the decision process. And if you slow down the decision process, then you're not really a leader because you're not making decisions and you're not moving forward, okay? Now, let me just share with you another uh, little analogy with this. Um, you'll hear me make references to sports because I like sports. And the two that I like the most are football and baseball. And for those of you that are listening internationally, I know that most people around the world, football is the game where you kick the ball with your feet. Now, in the United States, we call that soccer because we have American football or what some people call gridiron football. Uh, so when I'm referring to football, I'm referring to American football, okay? Now, there's something in the National Football League because, you know, we're in that time, time frame right now. My team, the Los Angeles Rams, we made it into the playoffs. We made our, we, you know, we completed our first playoff game. So now we'll see how we do this next week. 
Um, but because of that, I'm watching a lot of football. And here's an interesting thing. If you understand the game is the quarterback is the person who has the ball, right? So the center hikes the ball to the, um, to the quarterback and the quarterback then decides, okay, am I going to run it? Am I going to hand it to someone else to run? Or am I going to throw the ball uh, to a receiver for them to catch it? Now, in the National Football League, the quarterback has between two and two and a half seconds to make a decision and get rid of the ball. Okay, let me say that again. Two to two and a half seconds. Because if that quarterback holds on to that ball longer than about two and a half seconds, the defense is going to tackle him. Okay, and that's how quick that game actually happens. So I want to ask you, do you think a quarterback that's playing the game is taking time to overanalyze and get into their head? Or are they making more intuitive, quicker decisions, and they've learned exactly how to do that, right? So again, think about all of the, the many decisions that can be made even in as small as two or three seconds. And you know, that's something that you can actually learn and you can practice. So if you find yourself right now taking more time to make decisions, what you can start to do is actually make quicker decisions. Now, how do you do that? You give yourself a deadline. You hear that? You give yourself a deadline. In fact, you know, a few years ago, I was talking with another uh, professional speaker. We were at the National Speakers Association Conference, and, uh, and we were talking and, uh, you know, about his life because he's actually, he's an adventurous person, um, always going on these big hikes and doing these other things. And, and one of his points that he always brings up is, again, trying to make those decisions quicker. So here's an example. Here's a little hack or a tip uh, of one way that you can start making quicker decisions. Give yourself a deadline. So for example, this man, when he goes to a restaurant, you know, you can sit there, you get the menu, you look at the menu, you go back and forth and back and forth. The waiter comes up and says, are you ready to order? And you say, no, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm still looking at the menu, right? And you could spend five or 10 minutes trying to decide what you're going to have for dinner. Now, what this man does, which I think is great, is he says, look, I have 10 seconds to make a decision. And so he opens the menu and he just looks and points and that's what's he, what he is having for dinner uh, within 10 seconds. Now, you might look at that and say, oh no, well, what if I make a bad decision? Well, what if you make a good decision, right, as well? Now, the reality is, yeah, you might order something that you didn't really like. And next time, now you're going to know. And so you won't order that again. But on the flip side, right, don't always be thinking about the negative, think about the positive. Maybe in doing that and making that quicker decision, you actually order something off of the menu that you would have never picked and you loved it. It was great, okay? So there's a little, a little hack or tip for you on trying to start to make quicker decisions. Give yourself a deadline 
and then just make the decision by then. And in fact, I might bring this into a future episode, but there's a great book called The One Minute Manager. And again, it's, it's setting a one minute deadline to make sure that you make a decision within one minute. Because again, the thing is, you're gonna get further ahead the quicker decisions you can make and the quicker you can receive feedback on whether or not those were actually good decisions. Okay, so that's the first one. Now, the second problem with, with, with being in your head, okay, and this is again, when you're in your head, when you're overanalyzing, when you're not sure what to do, when you're kind of locked up, you get in your head, right? And another problem with this is it usually traps yourself in fear, anxiety, or worry. Now, again, you know, a lot of you have been taught to manage risk, to, to, to try to avoid bad things from happening. So you put controls in place, you do all the things like this. Now, overanalyzing though, and always looking for the negative and thinking about the negative and all of the negative things that can go on gets you stuck in your head because it usually comes from a place of fear, anxiety, or worry. And I'm going to ask you this. If you spend most of your day in fear, anxiety, or worry, how do you think you feel about yourself and how do you think you feel about the world around you. It's probably a pretty negative view, right? Because you're worried or fearful about things happening. Now, again, the reality is just as we were talking about before of ordering off of the menu in 10 seconds, you might sit there and say, oh, well, there's a risk that I'm gonna order something that I don't like. Well, that's not really even a very big risk. So you probably shouldn't worry about it and you should take the risk, okay? So you're gonna hear me also talking about taking the risk more often. Why? Because you have to take risk in order to have the reward as well, okay? So let's try to, let's try to you know, talk about this again, how, how being in your head uh, keeps you in this fear, anxiety, and worry. Because the problem is, you know, again, the reason why you're creating all of those, you know, pro and con sheets and doing all these other things is trying to delay, or another word for delay is procrastination, right? So you're procrastinating trying to make a decision because you're afraid you're going to make a wrong decision. Well, I'm here to tell you there's no wrong decision because here's the thing. Even if, even if you're at the restaurant and you order something and it comes to your table and you're like, this is the worst piece of blah, blah, blah that I've ever eaten, guess what? You can make another decision at that point. You can take a few bites, call the wait staff back and say, you know what? I'm not really happy with this. I think I'm going to order something else instead. You're allowed to make another decision. Now, the other reason too, why a lot of times we try to overthink, we get stuck in our head, get stuck in this fear, anxiety, and worry is because, now this is going to come as a surprise to many of you, we are afraid 
to make the decision that we know we need to make, okay? We're afraid to make the decision that we know we need to make because it's going to move us outside of our comfort zone. Okay, so if I go back to, to the man that I was talking about before, why does he need two weeks? He doesn't need two weeks to make a decision, okay? And he already knows what he wants to do, but he's afraid to make the decision because it's going to be outside of his comfort level, okay? And again, I get it. I understand that. I like my routines. I like to be comfortable just like everybody else. But if you notice a lot of times when you're trying to make decisions, you feel very quickly in your heart or you know what you should do within a few seconds, but it scares you. And because it scares you, you try to find evidence to allow you to continue to do what you were already doing. Now, again, if you continue to do what you're already doing, that's where you're going to stay stuck is exactly doing the same doing that you've been doing. Okay. So again, if, if as well, one of the reasons why to get out of your head is so that you don't get trapped in that fear, anxiety, or worry, or so that you don't give up what you really want to give up. Okay. So again, there was a, a, you know, a few years ago, I was in Las Vegas with a group of people. We ended up kind of hopping around to some of the different casinos and bars. And in one of them, there was a mechanical bull. Okay. So there in, in rodeo, there's a thing called bull riding where you actually get on top of a bull and you ride and you try to stay on for eight seconds, pretty tough. And there's a lot of risk okay, that goes along with that, because you can get thrown off, you can get trampled, all kinds of stuff, right? Well, they have mechanical bulls in um, certain bars here in the U.S. They might have them other places too, but where you can get on and kind of simulate like you're riding a bull. Now, if you're a little bit drunk already, getting on a bull that's going to be jerking you around and only being able to hold on with one hand poses some potential risks, okay? You could fall off, you could look funny, okay, um, you know, to the other people that are around you because you didn't stay on as long as everybody else did, right? And so we were in the, we were in this particular bar and there was a mechanical bull. And somebody said, ooh, hey, I want to ride that. I've never done that before. And so then we kind of go around like, all right, everybody, you're going to do it, you're going to do it, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And all of a sudden, everybody starts getting into their head and thinking about, well, now hold it. Maybe I'm a little bit drunk. Maybe I'm going to fall off. Maybe I'm going to look stupid if I fall off. And most of the people in our group said, no, I think I'm going to pass because they overthought, 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 overthought about all of the things that could happen. Now, the reality is the worst that could happen is you're going to fall off onto some really cushioned uh, foam and stuff on the bottom, right? You're not going to hurt yourself. And so when it came around to me, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. Because that was one of the things that on, was on my bucket list, right? It was to actually ride a mechanical bull. Call me crazy, call me weird, whatever. But here I was with an opportunity ahead of me to be able to ride that mechanical bull. So I did not give myself time to try to talk myself out of it. 
right? I could have done that. I could have said, well, mm, just a minute, let me, mm, let me, let me pull out my phone here and start creating a pro and con list. And well, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Instead, I made the decision, nope, I'm riding the bull and I got on it and I rode the bull. I didn't do too bad and it was fun, okay? Now at the end, I ended up getting knocked off. Everybody gets knocked off a mechanical bull at some point, but I had a good time and I enjoyed myself and I crossed something off my bucket list, okay? So again, get out of your head start making decisions quicker. Because the problem is if it's taking you a week or two weeks to try to make a decision and you're just mulling it over and over and over again in your mind, you're getting stuck in that fear, anxiety, and worry. And the longer that you stay in that state, the lower your emotional state is as well. And the lower your emotional state is, the worse you feel about yourself, the worse you feel about the world around you. Better to make a quick decision that maybe wasn't the best decision and then make a second decision than to just stay stuck in your head. All right, so with that, I gave you a couple of different uh, things to think about today as well. Um, and like I said, there's many more of these that I have that are included in the Briefing Leadership Program. Here, I'm going to be giving you, you know, one or two things each time that we do one of these episodes. And I know, again, from the title at the beginning, you might have thought, what do you mean, get out of your head, Jason? You know, I'm supposed to be thinking. I'm supposed to be analytical. I'm supposed to be doing all these things. Well, actually, if, you're, if you want to be a leader, if you want to make change, if you want to actually go forward in life, one of the big keys is getting out of your head and learning how to make decisions quicker uh, so that you, you know, actually make the decisions, move forward. Hey, the worst that can happen, you got to make a new decision. That's okay. There's no decision that you make in your life or in business or your career that is final. You can always make another decision, okay? So with that, my friends, go out, use those hacks. And I will catch you on the next episode of Jamming with Jason. Have a great rest of your day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day. And I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, Head on over to C-Risk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com. And that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.